first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, after 18 chapters, the first chapter just sets the stage. Arjuna says, for these reasons, I shall not fight the war. Though he had come there to fight the war, now he says, I won't. I want, I want, to, I want to quit. And the second ch- chapter onwards, the teaching starts. In fact, the teaching starts with the 10th verse of the second, after, from the 10th verse onwards of the second chapter. So, um, in fact, if you look at Shankaracharya's commentary, Adi Shankaracharya's commentary, that starts with the 10th verse of the second chapter. He does not deal with the first chapter, nor with the first 10 verses uh, of the second chapter. After the 10th verse of the second chapter, directly when Sri Krishna ta- starts teaching, he starts his commentary. But we'll start with the second chapter itself. The first chapter, each of the chapters has a name. And each of the names ends with yoga. So for example, the second chapter is Sankhya Yoga. Um, the first chapter is called Arjuna Vishada Yoga. The yoga of Arjuna's depression. Depression yoga is, a, I'm sure it's not a yoga you've heard of. <laughs> you've heard of all different kinds of yoga. Remember, this yoga is, by yoga we mean here a spiritual path. Not downward dog. <laughs> not the yoga postures in the asana. That, that's also a path, but that's the physical part, part of it. This is a spiritual path and various paths of spiritual development are taught by Krishna to Arjuna. 18 chapters, each of them is called a yoga, but does not mean there are 18 yogas. There are many different teachings regarding these yogas across the chapters. But even in one sense, depression, unhappiness, it's not in itself a spiritual thing. Unhappiness in itself is not a spiritual thing. It becomes spiritual. Arjuna transforms his depression, his, his misery, his unhappiness, his frustration with the situation, into a gateway to spirituality. Why? What he does is, he surrenders, he asks Krishna to guide him. Here I am, I'm caught in this terrible situation, I don't know what to do, I'm very unhappy, please tell me what I should do. If we do that with our unhappiness, then our unhappiness is a doorway to spirituality. It will lead to spiritual growth and spiritual development. Take it to God. Ask God, this, I'm unhappy, it's terrible, what can I do now? So, then unhappiness becomes a yoga. Arjuna, it simply means, the word itself comes from riju, the Sanskrit term riju. I'll be throwing around Sanskrit terms, but I'll always translate. If I do not translate, you're free to raise your hand and ask me to translate. I, um, I remember I used to teach Vedanta in Hollywood in a class, in a small group. In, in the library there. And there's this gentleman um, who was a very interesting person. Uh, he was quite totally innocent of Sanskrit. Um, he would sit at the back and he would wildly wave his hands. And I, I, I would know that's a flag, that I'm giving too much Sanskrit. So <laughs> I would stop and translate. Um, so Arjuna, the word is re- related to the Sanskrit riju, which means straightforward, simple, straightforward. Sri Ramakrishna says, if a person is simple, straightforward, that is a very good spiritual sign. Such persons, you will know that simplicity is a sign that it is the last birth. He has, he has said that. Sharalota means the word, oh, very interesting. The word in um, Bengali or in Sanskrit or Hindi, 
saral or sharalata. It means simplicity, it also means straight. Literally, a straight line would be sharal. So, and simplicity also. So, Arjuna, the word also has the same um, etymological root. There is a, because it's the Gita, it's set in the Mahabharata. And the Mahabharata is, is literally the greatest story ever told. So, uh, once in a while stories will come in and that's good. So, there's a story just preceding the war. Krishna, how did he come to be Arjuna's chariot driver? One day he was taking his usual, the great Indian siesta, the afternoon siesta, Sri Krishna. And the two, two parties to the war, two, two sides, Arjuna representing his side, the Pandava side, and Duryodhana, the main villain, representing his side, the Kaurava. They arrived almost simultaneously to Krishna's doorstep to ask for his help in the upcoming war. Now Duryodhana is um, arrogant. He goes and sits in the comfort, comfy chair which happens to be near Krishna's head. And Arjuna, who is full of humility and respect, he goes and sits at the, at the foot of the bed, near, Krishna, near Krishna's feet. Now it so happens that when Krishna wakes up, he opens his eyes and whom does he see first? He, says, he sees Arjuna. And uh, he says, Arjuna, well, you are here, what do you want? Before he can, Arjuna can say anything, Duryodhana sees that the disaster is going to happen. So he says, Wait, just a minute, I'm here. And uh, Krishna looks around. And by the way, I'm not making it up. It's in the Mahabharata itself. I was reading the original verses just uh, yesterday. So he looks up, looks back and sees Duryodhana sitting there. And then he launches into this, uh, yeah, this soliloquy. Krishna says to both of them, I do not doubt that you were here first. O Prince Duryodhana, but I also did see Arjuna first. Hence, I shall help both of you. Of course, he wants to help Arjuna. <laughs> and so you are free to ask me. I offer these two to you. One is my powerful army, because Krishna is also king. It's called the Narayani Sena, the, uh, the Narayani army. I'm going to offer this army full of well-trained warriors, brave in battle, that's one thing I offer. The other thing I offer is myself, alone, unarmed. Uh, I will not pick up, a, I will not fight or kill anybody in this war. I will not pick up a weapon even. Now you choose. I will ask Arjuna to choose first because the rules are you ask the younger person to choose first. And Arjuna is younger. Now you can imagine Duryodhana <laughs> thinking, oh no. But Arjuna, to his delight, Duryodhana's delight, Arjuna says, I choose you, my lord. And Duryodhana, of course, is delighted. He must have was thinking, what a fool. Uh, I, I, I've got the army and Arjuna's got just one person. Krishna, no matter how great, he's not going to fight anyway. So he thinks he has got the better part of the deal and he leaves happily. Arjuna also leaves happily. But one has chosen God. The other one has chosen the world. And we all know what happened. Those you know the story of the, of the war. Wherever, if you have God on your side, always know that you are going to succeed in every respect. Especially in the one which matters most, in the, in, in the spiritual respect. If you have the world on your side, it will slip away from your fingers. It always has. The very word for the world in Sanskrit, Jagat, means Gachati, that which goes. Wealth goes, youth goes, 
power goes, fame goes, health goes, all of it goes, because it is jagat, that which goes. So that's how Krishna came to be driving a chariot, Arjuna's chariot. And now Arjuna is seeming to back out of the whole deal. And he says to Krishna, I won't fight because of these reasons. So here starts the second chapter. The second chapter is called Sankhya Yoga. Just um, a comment about this before we start. What does Sankhya Yoga mean? Um, Sankhya is the name of a philosophy. But that's not what it means here. Among the six orthodox schools of Hindu thought, Nyaya, Vaisheshika, Sankhya, Yoga. Yoga itself is a school of philosophy. Patanjali's yoga system. And then Purva Mimamsa and Vedanta. These are the six orthodox schools in one way of classification. Among these six is, is the Sankhya system of philosophy of Kapila. Having said that, that's not what it means here. Here in the second chapter, Sankhya means the path of knowledge, Viveka. To discriminate between, to analyze, to see that in this, non, in this world that which goes, Jagat, non-eternal world, what is real? What is eternal? What is worth having here? What is worthwhile? What is real? What is finally? What is the goal? What is the whole point of it all? The one who realizes this, to isolate the reality from the unreal, the unchanging from the changing, this is called Viveka. The, another name for this is Sankhya. Viveka means to discriminate, to separate. Another name is Sankhya. Basically, Sankhya Yoga here means the way of knowledge. In fact, Sri Krishna's central teaching of the entire Bhagavad Gita is given in the second chapter. What Krishna wants to point out, the teaching about the Atman, who or what we really are, that's the central teaching. Entire Bhagavad Gita. That's given in the second chapter. In fact, the second chapter has four parts. First is, Arjuna will... Um, become a disciple of Krishna. Then Krishna starts teaching. The teaching is in three parts. One first part is the central part of the teaching where Krishna tells Arjuna what he is, what we all really are. What's the truth about ourselves and this universe. Second part is spiritual practices. Third part is Arjuna asks a question. Suppose I become enlightened. This is what you are teaching me. Suppose I do it and I get enlightenment. What difference will it make? It's a very good question. A very specific question. This enlightened person, how is this person different from us? You know, specifics. How does this person walk and talk and interact with others and so on? So these are the parts of the second chapter. And the teaching is really complete in this second chapter. Complete means the essence. So what are the other 16 chapters? Arjuna asks questions. And those questions you will see are not unnecessary. They are our questions. By the time we have finished the second chapter, we will have that question. And you will immediately see to your amazement and delight, Arjuna asks that question. And so starts another chapter and another chapter and another chapter. Um, somebody was joking. I was joking. That the 18th chapter is the last one because uh, Arjuna has sort of, what's the term? Cottoned on to, <laughs> to Sri Krishna's method of teaching. So when at the end of the chapter, Krishna is prompting him, do you, do you understand what I, are your doubts clarified? Do you get it? Arjuna says, yes, I get it. I have no more questions because he knows one more question means one more chapter will start. 
I'm just joking. So the teaching is complete in 18 chapters, but the essence of the teaching is given in the second chapter. Let's start. You chant along with me. Those who have the text, you can chant along. Um, I'll chant and then you chant after me. Sanjay Uvacha Tam Tata Kripaya Vishtam Tam Tata Kripaya Vishtam Ashrupurna Kulekshanam Ashrupurna Kulekshanam Vishidantam Idam Vakyam Vishidantam Idam Vakyam Uvacha Madhusudana Madhusudana. Sanjay, the one who is narrating all this is, remember all this is like um, Dhritarashtra, the blind king. If you don't know who the blind king is, what's, what's happening, don't worry. I will not explain that now because then um, a lifetime won't be enough because the Mahabharata is literally the greatest epic. Um, so the, it's a long story. Anyhow, Dhritarashtra, the blind king, is sitting in his court. He wants to know what's happening on the battlefield. He is the father of the Kauravas, the, the bad guys. So he asks his courtier, Sanjaya, please tell me what happened. And why, why Sanjaya? Sanjaya has this, blessed by God, the divine, blessed by the Vyasa, the divine eye, by which he can see what's going on in the battlefield and report back, live, you know, breaking news. So... <laughs> He pioneered that long before, uh, you know, CNN and Fox and so on and so forth. So, <coughs> he is going to, he's the one who's narrating all this. This is what happened. This is what Krishna said. This is what Arjuna said. This is what happened. So, he is telling the blind king, to him means who? Arjuna, who is overcome with pity and grieving, with eyes filled with tears and agitated. Madhusudana spoke these words. Madhusudana is Krishna. One thing we have to get used to is, in those days, everybody had many names. Different names. So Arjuna is referred to by different names. Arjuna is one name, the most common one. But there are others we shall come across. Um, Krishna has many names. So Madhusudana is one of the well-known names of Krishna. It means the one who destroyed the demon Madhu. So to, Krishna, to Arjuna who was sorrowing, overcome with pity and unhappiness because of what was about to happen. And eyes were full of tears uh, to such an extent that he couldn't see properly. His, in the first chapter we saw how his great bow, um, the Gandiva, has slipped from his hand. And he sits down, he can't even stand, his knees are trembling. He sits down uh, in sorrow, has like a nervous breakdown. You know, he sits down in the middle of the chariot and um, unhappy not willing to continue with, with what was he was going to do. To him, Krishna, Madhusudana Krishna, spoke these words. Idam Vakyam. One commentator says that, notice how he said these words, instead of saying, Krishna spoke to Arjuna. Krishna spoke these words. These are literally the first words that Krishna has spoken in the Gita. And they are um, hammer blows, they are scolding. They are sharp words. Um, in fact, to a person who is confused and shaky and in the midst of almost a nervous breakdown, a reality check 
A sudden shock is necessary. And Krishna delivers that in the next two verses. He gives a big shock to Arjuna. You see, Arjuna, when he was saying all these things, that this is bad, we shouldn't fight this war, and uh, let them do what they want. Let's just get away from this place. Uh, it will lead to so much destruction, people will die. All of which he had planned for and literally put together an army, all of which was recognized universally to be his duty. Now he's saying, no, this is bad. And why it is bad, he's giving reasons. So what happens is, we, we do not see our weakness as weakness. The mind has a trick which, it, which it plays. It disguises our weakness as strength, as righteousness. Because we always have a need to see as ourselves as being in the right. And so we justify it immediately to ourselves. And he gives, he, but we also recognize deep down that we are doing something wrong. So we need support from others. So he, he trots out his reasons and he expects Krishna to, to be sympathetic, to support him. That's why he has said all those things in the first chapter. And he expects Krishna will say, yeah, you're right, let's go home. Let's not fight the war. <laughs> uh, this was a bad idea to begin with. Krishna does just the opposite. He scolds harsh words in the next two words. So the, one of the commentators says, look at how it is emphasized. Spoke, not spoke to Arjuna, spoke these words to Arjuna. What, what follows, these lines to Arjuna. Um, I remember a senior monk in our order who told me many years ago when I was a novice. He told me a story about his days as a novice many, many years, decades ago, when he was a novice in one of our monasteries, he was unhappy for some reason. And he wrote, he had this very senior monk whom he looked up to, who lived in a different monastery in, in Rishikesh. So he would write letters. Those were the days before uh, social media or email or anything like that. So he would write letters. And he wrote in a letter to that very senior monk, Swami, I can't stay in this monastery. I don't like it. People, people don't like me. I'm unhappy. He used the words, I can't bear it anymore. I can't bear them anymore. I will run away from here. And he wrote that. He expected sympathy. Advice, sympathy. And he told me what he got back was a terrible shock to him. But it was the best thing that happened to him in his life, he said. What did he get back? He got back one of those little uh, postcards where that old Swami had written one line. Just one line. Remember, others are also putting up with you. <laughs> I can't bear these people anymore. And he, he wrote back, remember, other people are bearing you. They're putting up with you. In Bengali, And he said, when I read this, it was such a shock that tears came to my eyes. But then I straightened up. And then I put, put my life together. And see, he's a monk 40 years later also. He's doing very, very well, in fact, extraordinarily well. So that's the medicine which Arjuna gets from Krishna. Shri Bhagavanu Vacha Kutastwa kashmalam idam, kutastwa kashmalam idam, vishame samupasthitam, 
Chame Samupastitam Anadia Jushtamaswargyam Anadia Jushtamaswargyam Akiti Karamarjuna Akiti Karamarjuna The Blessed Lord said, When so Arjuna has this weakness, not to be entertained by honorable men, Aryans, nor conducive to the attainment of heaven, leading to ill fame, come on you at this crisis. So in this time of crisis, literally in the middle of a battlefield, but that crisis is always crisis for us. It is actually. We don't recognize it. We get comfortable with life. But it is crisis for us. But in the middle of this crisis, where has this weakness come upon you? Kutaha means from where, which means it's not natural to you. You are not like this. You are resolute. You are noble. You are brave. He says, Anarya Jushtam, not worthy of an Aryan. Remember, Aryan here does not mean a race. It's a terrible muddle has been created by the Nazis. First of all, the, the racism of an Aryan, I was just reading, uh, in the, it is mentioned in the Rig Veda. What is an Aryan is defi defined there. A one who, who follows dharma, ethics, an ethical lifestyle. One who is enlightened, enlightened in the sense of jnani, not well-read, but in the sense of being enlightened. Um, in not, not just spiritually enlightened, it just means enlightened in, in life. Jnani. And uh, the one who, is, who excels in nobility. So that is an Aryan. Not, nothing to do with a race as such. Though the uh, Vedic people were called Aryans, racially. But here it does not mean race. So it is noble. For a noble person, this is not right for a noble person. What you, what, this weakness you are entertaining. The Nazis, for example, most infamously, they made a horrible mess of it, the symbol, the swastika. The swastika is a, it's a, a bad word nowadays because of the Nazis. But it's a Sanskrit word. And it means, of all things, the auspicious. So they took, took the symbol. Luckily, they didn't use it as it is. They twisted it. So at least that's just a saving grace. But for the rest of the world, it's become a symbol of evil. But it literally means a symbol of that which is auspicious. Anyhow. Um, anaryam. Is it almost the same? If we write it in English, it would exactly be the same. Anaryam. <laughs> anaryam. Anaryam means not Aryan. Not worthy of being entertained by uh, Aryans. This, this kind of weakness. And then he says, Aswargyam. Not worthy of... We will not take you to heaven. Akirtikaram, not conducive to your good name on this, on, in this life. Three things Krishna has said. First of all, the noblest of people do the right thing, not because of anything else, but because it is the right thing. An Aryan, he says, a noble person will do something right because it is the thing to do, not because it will get him in any particular advantage. So, literally it's this. Shankaracharya in his introduction to Brahma Sutra Bhashya says, Pashwadibhya Visheshat, in Sanskrit. What it means is, there really is no clear distinction between animals and even the most learned of men. What does he mean by that? He says, just as, the example he gives there, Shankaracharya, just as a cow is tempted 
by a man holding um, juicy green grass in front of it. And it goes towards that man. And another man holding a stick looks at it threateningly and the cow thinks it's going to uh, hurt me and it runs away. Even so, men who ought to know better, they are tempted by certain things in the world and they are scared of other things in the world. And because of that, they do not do what is right and they do not refrain from what is bad. Why do we do evil? It's either temptation or fear. Nobody wants to be bad. But then why do we? Because we know when we know something is wrong and yet we go ahead and do it, it's because we have been tempted or we have been forced by fear. Something is there, either fear or temptation. And so the noble person, the Aryan, is one who is not tempted into doing wrong things nor is scared from, away from doing the right thing. So that is one. And one step below this is a person who is a good person, a religious person, who would like to be a good person so that he can go to heaven after death. Aswargyam. Do the right thing so that you are rewarded with heaven after death. That was the motivation for the, uh, the, for the Vedic people at that time. That uh, follow, the, follow dharma, you will go to heaven after death. Follow adharma, you will be punished after death. So this is a second, uh, this is actually one step done, down. The first, the noblest of people do things because it's right, not because it will take them to heaven. But suppose that does not motivate you. Now here is the second thing, that if you do not do this duty, this is not conducive to your attainment of heaven after death. If that also does not motivate you, who knows if there is heaven or not, who cares? Then if that does not motivate you, the third thing he says, it is not conducive to your good name, to your reputation in this world itself, in this life. Immediately you'll be sub subjected to calumny, uh, uh, calumny that you are a coward, you, uh, you did not do your duty, you, you, they have a word for it. Here we have a right appropriate word, loser, you'll say. <laughs> so they'll call you a loser. Uh, so, so three, uh, you know, yeah, anaryam, this is not uh, something that a noble person would do. Second is, it is not going to take you to heaven if you go on like this and it's going to ruin your reputation as a noble person, uh, as a great warrior. Samupasthitam, the word samupasthitam means not only has it come upon you, it has taken possession of you. See, there's something which might occur to us. Do I do this or do I not do this? But we don't speak about it. It occurs to us and I speak about it. But we don't do it. It occurs to us and we start talking about it and it takes over, it determines our actions. And that's what has happened to Arjuna. He's not only thinking about quitting, He's speaking about it and defending it. And he has sat down in the middle of the battlefield. He's thrown his bow and arrow down. So it has taken possession of you. One more. By this time Arjuna must have been shocked. He thought he had given out a very nice defense of his uh, decision. And Krishna seems to be saying just the opposite. Third verse. Klaibhyam masma gama partham Masma gama pata Naita tvayupapadhyate Naita tvayupapadhyate 
ಕ್ಷುದ್ರಂ ಹೃದಯ ದೌರ್ಬಲ್ಯಂ ಕ್ಷುದ್ರಂ ಹೃದಯ ದೌರ್ಬಲ್ಯಂ ತ್ಯಕ್ತ್ವೋತ್ತಿಷ್ಠ ಪರಂತಪ ತ್ಯಕ್ತ್ವೋತ್ತಿಷ್ಠ ಪರಂತಪ ಸೊ ಓ ಪಾರ್ಥ ಈಲ್ ನಾಟ್ ಟು ಅನ್ಮ್ಯಾನ್ಲಿನೆಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ವರ್ಡ್ ದಿ ಆಫ್ ಯು ಶೇಕ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿಸ್ ಶೇಕಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿಸ್ ಮೀನ್ ಫೇಂಟ್ ಹಾರ್ಟೆಡ್ನೆಸ್ ಅರೈಸ್ ಓ ಸ್ಕಾರ್ಚರ್ ಆಫ್ ಫೋಸ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸೇಸ್ ಟು ಅರ್ಜುನ ಅ ನ್ಯೂ ನೇಮ್ ಪಾರ್ಥ ದಿಸ್ ಕಮ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಪ್ರಿಥಾ ಹಿಸ್ ಮದರ್ ಇಸ್ ಕುಂತಿ ಅರ್ಜುನಸ್ ಮದರ್ ಇಸ್ ಕುಂತಿ ದ ಕ್ವೀನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಒನ್ ಆಫ್ ಹರ್ ನೇಮ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರಿಥಾ ಡಾಟರ್ ಆಫ್ ಪ್ರಿಥು ಸೊ ಪ್ರಿಥಾ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸೊ ಪಾರ್ಥ ಇಸ್ ದ ಸನ್ ಆಫ್ ಪ್ರಿಥಾ ಅನದರ್ ನೇಮ್ ಫಾರ್ ಅರ್ಜುನ ಇಸ್ ಕೌಂತೆಯ ಅಗೇನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಯೂಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಸನ್ ಆಫ್ ಕುಂತಿ ಸೊ ಪಾರ್ಥ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಸನ್ ಆಫ್ ಪ್ರಿಥಾ ಕೌಂತೆಯ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಸನ್ ಆಫ್ ಕುಂತಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಕುಂತಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಪ್ರಿಥಾ ಆರ್ ಬೋತ್ ಆರ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ನಾವು ಆ್ಯಕ್ಚುಲಿ ಐ ಗಾಟ್ ಸಮ್ ನಂಬರ್ಸ್ ಫಾರ್ ಯು ಇನ್ ದ ಹೋಲ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಚುಲಿ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಯೂಸಸ್ ದ ನೇಮ್ ಪಾರ್ಥ ಫಾರ್ ಅರ್ಜುನ ಥರ್ಟಿ ಏಟ್ ಟೈಮ್ಸ್ ಸೊ ಸಂಬಡಿ ಇಸ್ ಬಾದರ್ ಟು ಕೌಂಟ್ ಥರ್ಟಿ ಏಟ್ ಟೈಮ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹಿ ಯೂಸಸ್ ದ ನೇಮ್ ಕೌಂತೆಯ ಸನ್ ಆಫ್ ಕುಂತಿ ಸೇ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ಫೋರ್ ಟೈಮ್ಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ವಿದೌಟ್ ಸಿಗ್ನಿಫಿಕೆನ್ಸ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ದಿ ನೇಮ್ಸ್ ವಿಚ್ ಆರ್ ಯೂಸ್ಡ್ ದಿ ಪಾಯಿಂಟ್ ಟು ಸಮಥಿಂಗ್ ಹಿ ಇಸ್ ಟೆಲ್ಲಿಂಗ್ he is pointing out to arjuna who he is and what he is doing right now does not at all match what he is supposed to be doing he is a warrior one of the most famous warriors and the and the son of a warrior queen uh, kunti so by mentioning his mother he points out uh, pritha or kunti points out who who is see if you read the original mahabharata the original verses beautiful you're just reading before the war started Krishna tells asks Kunti because they're going into the war maybe he, she will never see her children again says um, he says to Kunti and what o queen do i say to your sons who are about to plunge into this terrible storm of war Kunti says to my sons o Krishna say this the time for which a kshatriya a, a warrior prince is born that time is upon us that time is upon us that time is here for which a warrior is born yeah. that reminds you of those stories of the spartans but the spartan mothers would say to their children that um, go out the, to their sons they go out into this battle and return with your shield or upon it that means with your shield means you're standing upon it means they would carry the dead bodies back on the shield kunti says to not does not say to krishna that protect my children and um, make sure that they come back alive no she says tell them that i said the time for which you were born akshatriya warrior prince is born that time is upon us now to such to the to the son of such a mother he is pointing he is calling him with his mother's name partha o partha and what does he say klaivyam masma gama do not be paralyzed into inactivity Klaibyam means neutered. Do not be paralyzed into inactivity. You, you are a resolute warrior. Naitatvayupapadyate. The word succeeding Partha, son of Pritha, son of such a warrior queen. Next word is, this does not befit you. 
you see the juxtaposition what should you do what do i do then this mean faint heartedness this smallness this pettiness he what arjuna was putting forth as no, as goodness you know i'm a nice person that he calls meanness faint heartedness smallness and he says give it up get rid of it hridaya daurbalyam faintness faint heartedness literally it means faint heartedness weak of heart kshudram means small mean petty small get rid of that and rise up stand up rise up and then the next word he uses the he addresses arjuna parantapa o scorcher of foes o one who is a terror to his foes so look at the language krishna is using this um this verse it was regarded by swami vivekananda this is one of the preliminary verses before the teaching but swami vivekananda regards it as one of the central teachings of bhagavad gita that before any kind of spirituality any yoga any religion anything you know what is required first a willingness on my part to change my life can be better i am willing to take action show me how unless the person is the, the person is willing to learn and change wisdom of the world is there great masters are there wonderful teachings which have transformed lives for centuries across civilizations they are all there our heritage is there but unless i am willing to change it won't work i've already told you how krishna actually tried to convince duryodhana to change somebody asked you know why didn't he teach the bad guys then he would have prevented the war why tell uh, the, all this to a person who's good anyway arjuna the problem is guy is a bad guy because of that not because inherently anybody is bad it's because not willing to change absolutely convinced i am right who are you to teach me so krishna actually tried to teach the duryodhana this is not right this is not dharma and do you know duryodhana's famous response just a minute krishna don't tell me what is right and wrong because i know what is right and i know what is wrong i mean look at the honesty of the man he doesn't justify it he says i know what i'm doing is wrong and i know what you want me to do is right then say yes so in that case but the, my problem is not that it's not that i don't know i know but i can't stop myself from doing what is wrong it's either so tempting you know out of anger or lust or greed i can't stop it and what is right i don't feel like doing it it's the eternal human problem socrates said what is to know the good is to be good immediately we say no 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 that's not true actually socrates is right if the human mind and personality were in its in its noblest condition what is right the moment you know it you would do it but our minds are not fit we have ruined this instrument which god has given us by dumping trash in it by conditioning by prejudice by um, desires by lust and greed and conditioning so that we know what is right look at it look at the I, i admit i know i can't do it i admit this is bad i can't stop so there must be something wrong some my why is my intellect at war with the rest of my personality what knows part of me knows this is right the other part won't listen 
So the problem is in here. It's not in the teaching. It's not in morality or religion or ethics. That's why Krishna says, you have to stand up. Shake off this meanness, this smallness. Swami Vivekananda said, the old religion said, one who does not believe in God is an atheist. The new religion says one who does not believe in himself is an atheist. Believe in himself means I am good. I can change. I can make my life better. This is the essential, the first condition to any kind of spirituality, religion, morals, philosophy, whatever. Practically, if you want to make a change. You know, this was said to me by a monk, um, again, in the Himalayas. In a very... The example he used was a very rural kind of, village kind of example, but very telling. He said, in the villages, uh, we who have lived in villages, we know that when the, a farmer, when he sees a calf which is ill, um, if the calf is trying to get up, you can make it stand on its legs and it will recover, you know that. But if the calf which is, is not trying to get up, the more, no matter how much you try to lift it up, it will come crashing down again. If the poor thing is struggling, you know you can help it. It cannot stand up on its own. The farmers know this. They know it's a very bad sign when the, the calf has given up. Even when you try to put it on its legs, it won't, it won't work. You can't get it on its legs. So that's exactly what is happening here. Krishna wants Arjuna to Take up, the, to decide to change. Then Krishna can help. And this is what we must do. This faith in ourselves. I can change my life for the better. Partha. Son of Pritha. Arjuna reacts. So next few verses are Arjuna's reaction. We will read it quickly because I want to start the teachings of Krishna from the next class onwards. So up to the next few verses we'll read together. Basically what Arjuna will do is react with indignation. Like that Swami said when he, when he read that one line reply from the senior teacher that remember other people are putting up with you. His first reaction was anger and tears in his eyes. You can imagine Arjuna. He is like, haven't you heard what I was saying? How can I fight against these people? They are my teachers. All of which he was ready to do until that moment. They are my teachers, they are my relatives, and what's the use of fighting this war? I don't want a kingdom, and so on. He repeats those very quickly here. Arjuna vacha Katam Bhishmam Aham Sankhe Katam Bhishmam Aham Sankhe Dronam cha Madhusudana Dronam cha Madhusudana Ishubhi Pratiyotsyami Ishubhi patiyotsyami Pujarhavarisudana Pujarhavarisudana Arjuna said, O Madhusudana, how can I fight in battle with arrows? How can I shoot arrows at the revered Bhishma, our grandsire? Uh, at the revered Master Drona who taught us, you know, we learned how to shoot arrows and fight uh, from the, the their teacher Drona, the, 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 the all the princes were taught by um, Drona. So how can we fight against them? How can I shoot arrows at these revered persons to whom who are worthy of respect and worship, to whom I cannot utter an impolite word? 
You are asking me to shoot them with arrows. Then fifth verse. Guru Nhatva Himahanubhavan Guru Nhatva Himahanubhavan Shreyo Bhoktum Bhaiksham Api Haloke Shreyo Bhoktum Bhaiksham Api Haloke Hatvartha Kamangs to Guru Nihaiva Hatvartha Kamangs to Guru Nihaiva Bunjiya Bhogan Rudhira Pradigdhan Bunjiya Bhogan Rudhira Pradigdhan He actually makes a very nice case. I would be convinced. <laughs> Krishna is not. He's a tough cookie. What does he say? That without killing these nobles, these elders, it's much better to live on arms. You see, if he says, how can I fight against them? Then the immediate answer to that would be, then you are done for. If you do not defeat your enemies, they are going to wipe you out. You may have all these qualms about it. They don't. They have come here to kill you. So his answer to that, uh, Arjuna's answer to that is, it's much better to you know, not fight and I'll become a beggar. I'll beg for my food and live. See, he's a prince of a royal house. He knows if he does not fight, he will not get the kingdom. He will not get his due. He's all right, I'll be a beggar. It's much better to live on arms in the world. Uh, rather than kill these great people. If I kill them, and then I get, I know I deserve it, it's my birthright, the kingdom and everything, I get it all, and I fulfill my desires, but they'll be drenched with the blood of, of these uh, revered people. How can I enjoy it? Rudhira Pradikdhan, it'll be drenched in the blood. At this point, most of us would, would yeah, yeah, you're right, I never thought of that. <laughs> Krishna is a tough cookie though. Then, um, then he, Arjuna goes on. Nachaitad vidma katarano gariyo. Nachaitad vidma katarano gariyo. Yadva jayema yadivano jayeyu. Yadva jayema yadivano jayeyu. Yane vahatvana jiji vishama. Yani Vahatvana Jiji Vishama Devasthita Pramukhe Dhartra Rashtra Devasthita Pramukhe Dhartra Rashtra And he goes on in the same strain. He says, Arjuna says, If I fight this war, what? I don't know really what would be better. You know, what is better? If you fight a war, you would like to win. He says, no, I don't know. Is winning better or losing better? Because it's, isn't it better that we are killed in this war? Because if we win this war, then he says, then we would have killed those, our own kinsmen, without whom why would we want to live? We live for the family. And we're killing the family, wiping them out, and I get the kingdom. It's an empty victory. So, is it better to win this war? Or better to lose this war? I really don't know. And he knows that he is not making much sense. So in the next verse, he's, he admits for the first time. It's very interesting. Till this point, he has been arguing his case that I'm right. Let's stop. Let's go back home. Whatever will happen, will happen. Now he says, I'm confused. I understand. He's honest about it. I know my weakness that I have lost my resolution. I don't know what's right and wrong anymore. So the seventh verse, for the first time he admits this. 
ಕಾರ್ಪಣ್ಯದೋಷೋಪಹತ ಸ್ವಭಾವ ಕಾರ್ಪಣ್ಯದೋಷೋಪಹತ ಸ್ವಭಾವ ಪೃಚ್ಛಾಮಿ ಧರ್ಮಸಮ್ಮೂಢಚೇತ ಪೃಚ್ಛಾಮಿ ಧರ್ಮಸಮ್ಮೂಢಚೇತ ಯೇಯಸ್ಯಾತ್ ಬ್ರೂಹಿತನ್ಮೇ ಯೇಯಸ್ಯಾತ್ ಬ್ರೂಹಿತನ್ಮೇ ಶಿಷ್ಯಸ್ತೇಹಂ ಸಾಧಿ ಪ್ರಪನ್ನ ಶಿಷ್ಯಸ್ತೇಹಂ ಸಾಧಿ ಪ್ರಪನ್ನ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಟೈಮ್ ಹಿ ಸೇಸ್ ಐಮ್ ಯೋರ್ ಡಿಸೈಪಲ್ ಟೀಚ್ ಮೀ ಯಾಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಸೆಟ್ ದಿಸ್ ಅರ್ಲಿಯರ್ ವಾಯ್ ಟೀಚ್ ಮೀ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಓವರ್ಕಮ್ ವಿತ್ ಕಾರ್ಪಣ್ಯ ದೋಷ ಲಿಟ್ರಲಿ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಸ್ಮಾಲ್ನೆಸ್ ಕೃಪಣ ದ ಸ್ಯಾನ್ಸ್ಕ್ರಿಟ್ ವರ್ಡ್ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಅ ಮೈಸರ್ ಸ್ಮಾಲ್ ಪೆಟಿ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಓವರ್ಕಮ್ ವಿತ್ ಮೀನ್ ಮೈಂಡೆಡ್ನೆಸ್ ಸ್ಮಾಲ್ನೆಸ್ ಧರ್ಮ ಸಮ್ಮೂಢಚೇತ ಇಟ್ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ಮೈ ಇಂಟೆಲೆಕ್ಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಕ್ಲೌಡೆಡ್ ಐ ಡೋಂಟ್ ನೋ ವಾಟ್ಸ್ ರೈಟ್ ಆರ್ ರಾಂಗ್ ಎನಿ ಮೋರ್ ವಾಟ್ ಶುಡ್ ಐ ಡೂ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಆಸ್ಕಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಫಾರ್ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಟೈಮ್ ಈಸ್ ಆಸ್ಕಿಂಗ್ what am i asking yat shreya what's right what's the right thing to do bruhitan me tell me why should you tell me shishyasteham i am thy disciple shadhimang teach me tvam prapannam i am i i take refuge in thee you know you see any spiritual path it starts with first acknowledgement i am not here to discuss philosophy with you i am here to learn from you you can ask questions but the question is also part of learning so here he says prapannam i take refuge then the buddhist the whole buddhism starts with buddham sharanam gachami dhammam sharanam gachami sangham sharanam gachami i take refuge in the buddha in the uh, dhamma the teaching and in the community of spiritual community the sangha so here for the first time arjuna admits i need to learn i need to change and you can teach me i take refuge in you see krishna never teaches like that krishna doesn't put up you know vedanta class on the sign board and the website you can come and i'll going to teach you vedan no unless you are asked krishna would never teach he doesn't advertise and you have to chase him down and catch hold of him and say i'm willing to listen to you seriously then you teach I'll tell you a little secret here. There's a tradition among some people, in, um, those who study the Gita. This verse, seventh verse, what they do is, when they are in confusion, unhappy, they want help, they repeat this verse in a prayerful attitude to God before going to sleep. And the idea is God comes in your dreams and shows you the way. It's, it's a, well, we can say it's an interesting practice. repeat this verse several times with a prayerful attitude then go to sleep and then you get guidance eight nahi prapashyami mamapanudyat nahi prapashyami mamapanudyat yat shokam uccho shanam indriyanam yat shokam uccho shanam indriyanam avapya bhumau asapatnaridham ಅವಾಪ್ಯ ಭೂಮೌ ಅಸಪತ್ನರಿಧಂ ರಾಜ್ಯಂ ಸುರಾಧಿಪತ್ಯಂ ರಾಜ್ಯಂ ಸುರಾಧಿಪತ್ಯಂ 
Arjuna goes on, I do not indeed see that which would remove this grief of mine. That is utterly drying up my senses. That means I'm freezing, basically, what we might say today. Even if I were to attain in this world a kingdom without rivals and prosperous and even lordship over the gods. Suppose you guarantee you're going to win this battle and you're going to get this wonderful kingdom. Or maybe you lose the battle but or whatever it is and you go to heaven after death. In both cases, I still don't see the point in, in, in fighting this battle. I mean, I'm overcome with sorrow and unhappiness. Having said this, what did Arjuna do? Ninth verse. Sanjay Vacha. Evam Muktva Rishi Kesham. Evam Muktva Rishi Kesham. Gura Kesha Parantapa. Gura Kesha Parantapa. Nayotsya itigo Vindam. Nayotsya itigo Vindam. Uktva Tushnim Babhuvaha. So Sanjay, the one who's come uh, narrating all this to the blind king, he says, having said this to Krishna, Arjuna, here's another name of Arjuna, Gurakesha, the conqueror of sleep. Arjuna, the one who is a terror to his foes, he said to Govinda, Govinda is another name of Krishna. So don't get confused, there are only two here, Krishna and Arjuna. <laughs> he said, I shall not fight. Nayotsya. And then he kept quiet. He fell silent. Then what happened? The tenth verse. Tamuvacha Rishi Kesha. Tamuvacha Rishi Kesha. Prahasanniva Bharata. Prahasanniva Bharata. Senayor Ubhayor Madhye. Senayor Ubhayor Madhye. Vishidantam idam vachaha. Vishidantam idam vachaha. Beautiful verse which says, O king, to, O king means, uh, Sanjay is telling the blind king, O king, king, to whom, to the one who was sorrowing, full of sorrow, that is Arjuna, was sitting quietly in between the two assembled armies. Look at the grand setting of the teaching. It's one of the most dramatic settings possible. In, the, in between the two armies, Krishna spoke these words to Arjuna. As if smiling. Not at all tense, not at all, at all annoyed, not at all eager, relaxed and smiling. He's supposed to be the ideal of karma yoga. Swami Vivekananda points out the, the icon we have of the, the chariot in the battlefield and Krishna holding the reins of the horses. The five horses symbolize the five sense organs and Arjuna is the, is the soul, the Jivatma sitting there and Krishna is the guide. Um, Swami Vivekananda points out, notice how in the, all the depictions, in the midst of this tremendous action, dynamic situation, Krishna is so relaxed and smiling. Swami Vivekananda said, this is the ideal of yoga. Eternal calm in the midst, midst of intense action. And in the midst of eternal calm, you know, when the world is quiet and you're alone and all, mind doesn't become dull or sleepy. The mind works like a blast furnace inside. Your mind is working under control. When you're thinking deeply or meditating or whatever, though outside it's all quiet and calm. 
And when the outside is so busy, Manhattan. I think one Swami Vivekananda gave the example of a street in New York in those days. He was here in 1894. Uh, and your mind is calm as if you're meditating in a Himalayan cave. Is that possible? Yes, it is. After this 11th verse onwards, the teaching starts. Again, look, idam vachaha, the, the words, these words were spoken, emphasizing that real teaching starts now. So 11th verse onwards, we shall see what Krishna teaches. But we know the central teaching of all of Gita, all of Vedanta, this, this one truth which you find here, the divinity within us, the, the unknown, the infinitude within, within us, is revealed by Krishna. I was just reading Thoreau. Henry uh, David Thoreau, when he goes into retreat, Walden, in his diaries, he says, I begin my days by studying the Bhagavad Gita. He writes, I'm brought in it, I'm into contact with the dawn of an, er uh, of an early civilization. I, I'm paraphrasing. It's a light, light of an early civilization. A mind wider and greater than we have in these modern times. We are brought into contact. A, a wisdom so ancient, so vast and broad. He, he writes so beautifully, he writes, in Walden Pond. As I, I begin my day studying the Bhagavad Gita. Very good. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Rupanamastuk